0: Welcome back to episode six of Back Row, the fashion podcast that gets under the skin of the industry with me,
1: Ellen and her. (laughs) (laughs) Me. Oh God, you have me sweating and we haven't even started yet. How are you, my friend?
0: I'm good. I just did like an hour in a jacuzzi there and I feel so refreshed. Excuse me. I just did an hour of a Zoom call. (laughs) How our lives have changed. Basically, I just got a random free day pass, but... I can't believe how many nudists there are in the women's changing room. Like people don't give a shit. They're just walking around in the nip. I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen so many boobies in my life from all ages. I'm at that point in my life. Really? Don't, yeah, no cares. Are you, foof out?
1: are you foof and boobs out? Um, wouldn't do full frontage. No, 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 no. Anyway, how is reach? Um, My week was good. I am transitioning from one house to another. So I'm currently packing boxes and it made me realize the large quantity of cack that I own. Are you talking about clothes or are you talking about bits? Yeah, just so much bits. And I haven't shopped in, God honest truth, I really haven't shopped in about two years. I haven't needed to because of where I live and I have so many clothes that are just can be used for like all different kinds of outdoor activities and whatever. Like I haven't needed to have nice fancy clothes and actually i vacuum packed a lot of my stuff and it's back in my parents' house. But it just made me realize like putting everything into boxes, like the amount of the amount that we accumulate, you know, and don't even realize that we have. So I'm really, really going to try and make a conscious effort now when I go back to hashtag city life that I'm going to. Rewear and swap around all my outfits and try and like try and fall back in love with my clothes again. Not that I felt out of it. It's just that, well, kind of like we've been doing a long distance relationship. Me and my wardrobe, because mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like I've really only been like cycling through the same like cottage core outfits of like mm-hmm. Columbia sweatshirts and uh like shorts that like air dry in minutes, merino wool socks, kind of thing. Um. So now I'm just figuring out like how do I reintroduce like the nice bits back into my life, you know But I'm actually really excited for it How long have you been um, living in the middle of nowhere again? Two years is it? A year and a half I do remember the first time me and my other half, Jake We went to like a local pub like right across the road from where we live When I say local, like very remote, very like in the middle of nowhere Farmers only need apply kind of business. And anyway, I wore bright pink uh, Gucci loafers, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> instantly we were. <laughs> uh, it wasn't casted. I I I learned very quickly that that is not what you wear, and that I needed to read the room a bit more. Neve,
0: I could have told you that, and I
1: and I'm a city girl through and through. Come on, common sense, girl. No, there is method to my ma- madness in that. At the end of the week, I want to dress up and I want to feel like. Me, I want to feel good, and I do that through my clothes. But yeah, it didn't go down very well. (laughs) So so I forfeited the bright pink coochies and stuck on the hiking boots instead. And um, me and the farmers are all best pals now. But I'm very excited to kind of like reclaim my personality through through my clothes as I emerge from the wilderness back into city life. I'm very. This is very much like a butterfly emerging. I listen, I'm excited for Eve to come back. Cabernet
0: was the best Neve. I Absolutely love Cabernet.
1: No, under no circumstances. Absolutely not. You're so, so <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. No way. I want the Howie and Neve to come back. No, I forfeited my Adidas tracksuits uh, back in 20, uh, 2012, 2013, maybe. I distinctly remember it was it was a It wasn't a petrol blue And it wasn't a deep purple It was like a mix between the two I wore that to its death It's actually probably still up In my parents' attic somewhere Um, Yeah, maybe Maybe hashtag bring back Adidas Uh, Gucci just did a
0: collab with Adidas Wait, what? Oh, sorry. Did they just do a collab or did I just see a picture of Paul Meskel in a Gucci Adidas collab? Obviously, the Gucci show just happened.
1: Yeah, well, the the Gucci slash Adidas was from spring summer 2022. Do you remember where they did the the long Gucci gowns mix in with the Adidas uh, logo? Yeah. So that was from uh, 2022 spring summer. Just to, you know, confuse matters even more. But speaking of unusual collaborations, Givenchy just announced, <laughs> Givenchy just announced a <laughs> collab with Disney. I mean, are we what? kind of, are we kind of done with the, the Disney collabs? I mean, you're looking at the, I hate to admit this in a public forum. I I hate myself for it, but I am a Disney child and I was, Brought up a in... Disney adult. Shut up! I was brought up in the Disney era, so I have I do have an affinity for Disney as a brand. But I'm not going to. Bloody... Everyone in the at the last three generations were brought
0: up in the Disney era. Yeah, I know that but is not I... an excuse for being a Disney adult, guys. <laughs> I don't condone
1: Eve being a Disney adult. I'm not going to wear Disney on my body regardless of if it's made in a, a French fashion house or made by Matthew Williams, the creative director, as you found she, like, I'm not going to wear it. Who was the last person to do was it? Was it was a Gucci that did the collab with Disney? So the very, very last collaboration only happened literally uh, not even two months ago. And it was with Stella McCartney, who designed Minnie oh. Mouse's first and only pantsuit. And that was to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Disneyland Paris. And actually a subsequent capsule collection inspired by the the Disney musical Fantasia is actually coming out from Stella as well. Um, but Disney have also done like high fashion collabs with coach uh Gucci. Do you remember ages ago actually they did um the original Givenchy collab where they had Bambi and it was cut in half with the Rottweilers? That was pretty cool because it didn't feel mm. it didn't feel like Twee. And I think Disney collabs can feel a bit tweet. And normally yeah, when I'm not into it overall, doesn't matter who you are. But interestingly, do you know they always stick to like the, the original kind of icons of Disney Like Minnie and Mickey and Daisy And Daphne or Daffy or whoever But this time they're actually introducing Like Elsa and Olaf On like hoodies I can't I can't either can't. I can't either I I'm just not into do. it And also prices start from 500 euros <laughs> That's the ick like. In this economy
0: That's sick, I can't If one of my friends turned up on one of that I'd be like bye, see you never I know,
1: I know But a bit more exciting and a bit more us uh, French fashion house, Jacquemus Also announced announced a collab with Nike And that will be launched on June 28th I'm so Um, excited for that I want Jacquemus Runners Same So they kind of like They posted the announcement um, Early this week With an Instagram post Of what looked like A tennis court And then they followed up With a little teaser Of what we can expect From the collection And of course It includes trainers And active wear And there's lots of like Lovely little signature Jacquemus bits Like the little clasp Like did you see The little Nike clasp Yeah Love Mm.
0: Yeah I want I'm gunning for the shoes And I don't really Even know what they look like yet
1: But I just have full faith That they're going to be like Amazing Like amazing they will be amazing. I, if you, if you go to their recent Instagram post and it's carousel post and zoom in on the second one, you can see loads of the trainers sitting on the table. Oh, okay. They're like sand colored or something. Exactly. Mm. And they're, they're all in like the houses, like muted tonal palette, very earthy, like really nice, really, really nice. gorgina. I, 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 I don't have a single piece of Jacquemus yet, but I think I'm going to invest this year. But first... I'm actually going to invest on Thriftify because they have a shit ton of Jacquemus stock on at the minute. Really? For like 70% off. Oh, wow. I know. I know. So I'm going to test the water to see if I like the brand with a bit of secondhand, you know? Good idea. Good idea. Did you see any of the clothes or outfits from the Billboard
0: Awards? Logicast killing it again with the damn outfit. She was wearing there uh, scaparelli. I actually think she nails fashion. I'd love to know like how much involvement she herself has in in the outfits, but I think she's nailing it. Absolutely nailing
1: it. I know she works with a stylist, but you can definitely see her her personal style kind of like developing and ebbing and flowing. I feel like she is really coming into her own as both an artist, an artist and a performer as well. And that's really like Coming to the fore In her fashion as well I think she has a lot to offer She has a lot to bring She represents a lot of people She's also just She's fucking fun and wild Do you have fun mm. on her on TikTok? Oh my god yeah She's loose And I I absolutely love it She is loose, loose, loose um, We are in the middle of Cruise collection Have you booked your your Cruise tickets yet Ellen? Uh, Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) One way ticket, please (laughs) What are you vibing off? I'm curious I think it needs to be Slightly explained What WTF The cruise collections Actually are Because it's True It's it's hard enough to Follow the fashion schedule As somebody working In the industry But basically The cruise collections Are like an in-betweeny bit that are released halfway through a season and basically just created for like the jet set elite. Like these clothes are for people who are buying couture, people who are going to Monaco and then flying to Cannes or, you know, they live that like elite lifestyle. But at the end of the day, as a a viewer, not a consumer, they're really nice to look at. It's a lot of it is like highly embellished, really detailed, like whimsical fashion that like Mm. You just like to look at. But um, this week, Gucci presented its cruise collection and uh, called the Cosmogony. Or maybe I should say, I'll say that again, just in case I absolutely butchered it, but the Cos- Cosmogony, Cosmogony. Anyway, the show was at a 13th century castle in Puglia in Italy, where creative director Alessandro Michele invited his guests to explore the Gucci cosmos. Uh, there was lots of lingerie as outerwear, lots of there was a lot of boob on display, which I was very for. Um, and then you had obviously a lot of like celestial inspired frocks. You had a lot of Elizabethan kind of collars, Oh, there was a lot of like Harlequin print. It was very Regal, but like, um, how would you describe it? It was like Space Corps Regal. That makes so much sense. It is Space Corps Regal. Is it a little bit 70s as well? Or is it 80s? It's a little bit of both, actually. It was gorgeous. I mean, what else do you expect from Gucci? And also, also, let it be known that the guests this year didn't just get like, you know, a regular paper invite. Oh, no. Oh, no. What did they get? What did they get? They were each gifted a star in the galaxy. What? There's a star out there now Named after everybody that attended the show In fairness, in fairness You can literally go on to Astronomy Ireland now And buy a star for yourself if you wanted to But that's not the point Oh my god No, the point is that Gucci gifted a star To everybody in attendance
0: and sorry, can we just give a moment to the menswear as well? I really like the men's menswear. So basically, it was it was like um, embellished shorts. The boots actually they were yeah. kind of like those. Do you remember when um, Ralph Simmons did the collection for Calvin Klein and he did those like um, kind of cowboy style boots, yes. but they didn't come to a pointed toe; they came to like a square, like a square kind of toe. Yeah, with the like silver thing at the front. Do you know what
1: I'm talking about? I will never forget that collection. It's one of uh, that's my like regret collection of not buying. No, but that collection Didn't sell anything That's why he didn't get kept on Because it was I, so crazy It was half swimwear Like he, No one's going to walk down Grafton Street In a fucking scuba diving suit No, but, but the, the <laughs> Denim cohorts Or like the The tailoring cohorts Where it was like The short Tailored jackets And like the satin finish With the cowboy hat Love, love Anyway Please continue. I really liked the menswear out of this stuff. Like it was so good. There's one suit that
0: really called out to me. It was kind of like a beige coordinate suit. The top half was like um, embellished kind of with, I don't even know, I'd love like a really detailed shot because it's really hard to see off the photos, but just the shoes are gorgeous, everything. Like he knows how to do really simple design and and then add a little sparkle of himself into it without overdoing it, you know. He does a lot of like layering and like his looks like isolated. Do you still know a Gucci look? But when you put the whole look together, it's so him in a nutshell. So it's a very wearable collection when you take bits of it and you don't like if you don't want to go like overboard. One of the dresses that called out to me that has just like me written all over it is it's kind of like a white and black spirally Dress And I, I love a high neck And a long sleeve mm. um, Yeah this one Do you know this one Love yeah, yeah 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 I love a high neck And a long sleeve Just cover me up I love it I absolutely love it Um, But yeah I was really impressed and, and then Chanel
1: had their one Like a couple of weeks ago Didn't they Oh yes Chanel brought all of their Fashion elite to Monte Carlo Where they did a very Very like Chanel Offering of Bathing suits With pussy bow Blouses And gorgeous I hate belts that word Pussy bow. I can't I can't That's what it is
0: I'm describing a shirt But I'm like if, if I was like to you What are you wearing And you're like I'm wearing jeans And a pussy bow
1: Blouse I'd be like me. Okay well It was very like Coastal elegance In the Riviera It was very Chanel Like it was Everything was like Super wearable I mean apart from Who's going to be wearing Hot pants on a Pussy bow blouse Sorry Ellen But <laughs> there was a lot of um, Like boiler suits A boiler suit is so practical Everybody needs a boiler suit In their wardrobe Everybody needs a Chanel Boiler suit in their wardrobe But a lot of them What's that brand I think it's called like Sleeper or something Daily sleeper Yeah is that what it's called Yeah I'm buying them For my next birthday We absolutely love Wearable pyjamas But Chanel had a lot of that stuff as well. I actually think the pajama trend is
0: going to be with us for a while. And like, especially because we've seen now this this trend on like the Chanel cruise w- runway. It's only a matter of time before we see it in the shops. Um, And for and not even high street, just smaller like brands and, and cheaper brands as well. Because I'm really here for this coordinate pajamas. Like I will wear black, loose, satin top and matching bottoms. Like how comfortable is that? Like I'm really not somebody who likes showing off a lot of skin. So if I can have a summer look that's also black, that's also loose and satin and flowy and will keep me like airy and not like too hot. I'll absolutely wear it. So I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. I really like that they incorporated like easy separates that can also work as a cohort, like a pajama set. Like I think every, everybody needs one kind of like cohort pajama set in their wardrobe because it's very trans seasonal. It, It has longevity. Mm. You can whip it out in, you know, for summer, spring, summer events. But then also in the winter, like with with Daily Sleeper, for example, I love their satin PJs, especially the ones with the fluffy around the ankles and the trim. But you can easily put like a very skin tight turtleneck or polo neck with like under the shirt aspect of it. And with like knee high boots, like you can make it feel winter appropriate or autumn appropriate like really easy I think everybody needs a pajama suit
0: I it's actually every single summer I have the same problem like I hate showing off skin I hate I like I don't like and I want something that's like light and loose and flowy but not like a big sack of a dress like what do I wear so I think this this year I invest in something like that for sure
1: yeah like I would personally like a Chanel pajama suit please and thank you (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a few episodes ago, we introduced you to some of our favorite unsung Irish design heroes with help from the wonderful Paul McLaughlin. We kind of started the series because we not only wanted to introduce you to some of our favorite tastemakers and creatives from Ireland, but we also wanted to hear from designers about what matters to them right now, whether that's a movement they're part of or a feeling they're trying to evoke or just something that they're working on. Well, this week, we are very excited and honored to be joined by Kerry Native and designer to some of the biggest stars in the world, Mr. Colin Horst. How are you? Hi, how are you? Colin, it is so great to have you here. I feel like we've been speaking for so long and this is our very first time speaking like face to face.
2: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: I have followed your work since the early days before you were even doing your your master's degree because you did your undergrad in Limerick. So and then you decided to kind of like jump ship and go over to London, which we will get to. But first of all, how are you? I'm
2: great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been good. You know, considering where I am, in ireland um yeah i'm relatively very busy um thank god you know it is it is kind of a a scary thing to kind of be outside of say a big city but um i suppose i've kind of made it work you know i mean no day is the same i will say that
0: that's kind of exciting though you know
2: it is great like i can literally get a message at half 11 at night and then uh, the next day there'll be a custom look to do so like nothing is ever really the same that's why anyone asked me I was like oh what is your like typical day and I was like I don't really know because you kind of even though you have things to do there's things that just kind of come to you and then you just have to jump ship on that thing and start the other so for
1: listeners not aware Colin you w- were living in London I was and you decided to come back to Ireland and you're currently living in your hometown of Ardfert and Kerry is that right
2: that is very correct. Yes.
1: So, tell tell us about what that transition was like. Um and maybe if you want to bring us back to your early days, like what was your upbringing like and did that kind of like inspire your career in fashion or did it like shape your your design process in any way? Take us back.
2: I come from quite a sporty family, so really it is a little bit foreign to think that I could have gone into like a design realm then, you know. So I I have three other brothers and they are literally the biggest heads ever. I
1: love it. <laughs> Ellen is allergic to ball sports.
0: I'm actually allergic to it. Yeah. Oh no, anytime I see anyone on Hinge or the dating apps and they're wearing a ga jersey, not at a ga match, or just a ga jersey in general, I'm like, no.
2: I can't do it. Uh, Ellen, you'd have no luck. So down in Kerry, because that's a good staple for a night out, I'd say. Yeah, so like in Ardford, it is quite a small area, but um, you know, it's very community based. Everyone knows everyone. So I suppose like when I went to Limerick, that was kind of like my first taste of kind of different kinds of personalities, people dressing differently and kind of really being themselves. I suppose I was kind of like a little bit of a late bloomer when I came out, you know, so um, Limerick was really kind of my first touchdown on um, gay life. (laughs) To kind of come back from college during the summer, I was kind of like, oh, I can't be myself. No one understands me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that kind of, that was a bit of a change in one sense. But like, funny enough, like my family and all the women that are... In my family, they really kind of fuel the design work in a different way. They're quite strong uh, women and there's seven of them. They are kind of like the beating heart to say, like the starting point, you know, not necessarily the kind of end result, but they definitely fuel the collection stories.
0: So would you say they've given you your first memory in fashion, like seeing them wear like different kind of things and that, that was your kind of like first kind of like gear started fashion?
2: Yeah, I suppose like really in particular, my own mom, she has a very like clean sense of style. And I remember my mom, she kind of cut her hair all short. And there's this like amazing photo, it's from New Year's Eve. And it, she had this like really kind of oversized blazer and it's just like a double breasted. And she just wore like a kind of like a chain on it. And I just thought it was like a really strong image. I love that. Yeah, like it, it kind of, it's more like in the sense that I kind of ask my aunts and my mom kind of stories about how they wore clothes. And then that kind of is a starting point. It's a good process for me. You know, sometimes I don't really know the answer. And I get a lot of my aunts and my mom to try on stuff to get a sense of how they feel. My mom, she is a very, very um, uh, harsh critic, but in the best way possible, like a little bit of tough love. What's really lucky is that I am still surrounded by them and they kind of really fuel the fire and I'm able to make it like locally here.
0: And are they asking for any bits from your collection now?
2: I mean, you're very lucky, like currently in the studio, there's a few bits, but usually they're all gone, you know?
0: Great problem to have, though. They're flying out the door.
2: Fabulous problem to have. It's great to give them away, but I'd never see them come back.
1: (laughs) Were you the person that was reading copies of Hand Me Down Vogue issues under the duvet or did you did you have exposure to that kind of world
2: to be honest I wouldn't say that I was reading covers of oak underneath the covers of a a bed sheet I really thought I wanted to do like fine art but um, I suppose when I got to Limerick you know you kind of trial different things and then you kind of figure out which one you're put into but yeah for me I already thought that I was at a a bit of a disadvantage, you know, because I couldn't sew. I didn't know what a pattern was. You know, there was all those kind of things that I didn't really... I already thought that there's no point even trying. But I suppose uh, fashion in Limerick, the first year, it was very, like, uh, drawing and sketching-based, which I was good at. So it wasn't until I tried it I didn't realise that, oh, that... That is an important asset when applying to try and get into fashion. So that kind of started that.
0: Right. Okay. And so just speaking of drawing and sketching, would you say that's your like most favorite part of the whole design process then is that initial concept of I have an idea, I need to get this down on paper like
2: ASAP. I think like a long time ago, yeah, probably it would have been a big part of the design process. But I think now is changing. I mean, I'm a little bit older. I'm 30, but it is like uh, the twalling stage is really kind of important to me. And I suppose like for maybe your listeners that don't know what a, a twall is, it's like kind of a, a mock-up or like a prototype essentially. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of... I suppose that's essentially my new way of sketching, like often or not, I'll do a prototype and then I'll literally draw onto it what's happening or cut into it or.
0: Do you feel like you, ha- you have someone in mind for each collection that you do? Like, do you go into each collection being like, I want this to f- like, feel like this type of a woman or I want it to have this kind of a mood or this kind of thing? Like,
1: or is it just along the process you discover it? Do you see the person in your mind before you finish the garment? Do you have a hashtag Julia Fox muse?
2: <laughs> I don't know, you know, definitely. I don't really know if I would. No, I do. I do have someone in mind, really. It is really the same woman every time. But, you know, I consider it a bit like a TV show that it's just different episodes of the same woman.
1: I love that analogy. I love that. There's something so powerful about like constantly evolving the same woman and making her like feel super empowered and sexy and like, yeah,
2: Yeah, I like it too. You know, I suppose I totally feel like she's a real person, even though she's non-existent.
1: Colin, if you ever need me to try on stuff. I can be available. I'll make myself available. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me three. Right. Colin, you were living in London and obviously moved back to Ireland. This whole Unsung Irish Design Heroes segment is about really emphasizing the amazing Irish design that we have here at home and emphasizing why designers choose to go abroad. But you made the kind of reverse and you were like, no, effect. this. I want to go back to Ireland. But do you think the infrastructure exists here to support and nurture young designers versus where you've just come from in London?
2: I haven't found it here in Ireland, if that if that is uh, the best answer I can give. It's a pity. It, it is a pity because you do get to a point where you really want to grow, but then you have to pump so much more money in to grow. In a sense that like Irish people are very proud people, you know, anyone that kind of goes across seas. And even when I moved across a lot of everyone, to be honest, uh, was really supportive of what I was doing. Um, It's kind of a weird one, to be honest, in my opinion, it's I know that like in the UK, there's a lot of, you know, kind of grants available. Say if you want to do a showroom in Paris, you know, there's all this support um, from the BFC, you know, and I don't know. Does that exist in Ireland? I haven't found it.
1: I mean, we don't have that the BFC is the British Fashion Council. We don't really have an an equivalent that looks after a, a large scope of designers the way the BFC would. So I actually don't think anything, any fund like that exists apart from going into like your bank and getting like a business loan. I'm not aware of any funds available for emerging designers or established designers.
2: I wish there was, to be honest, you know, it really would help. Um, I know I found that it is a little bit difficult say. There's certain things that I'm not able to apply for um, with the British Fashion Council because, you know, you have to be a registered business in the UK and mine is in ireland so there's it's quite restrictive in that sense but it's great for the british designers you know i think it is an amazing and it's so important to young designers as well
1: what would you say you need
2: i definitely think that mentorship is someone that is really active in the industry and is like i've i've had great mentorships before um, And, you know, I still have a mentorship today, but I had to go search for that as such. It's kind of like, you know, sometimes when you get mentored, um, I'm not saying this for, for everyone, but, you know. Someone that has come from the industry that it was very active in the 90s or early 2000s. They still they might give you that kind of uh, information, but the industry has changed so much.
0: It's so, so different now. Yeah.
2: Also, I think it's OK to actually trust your gut because I've made loads of mistakes by listening to advice that I felt like wasn't really right. But I just went with it just because you're kind of to- you're told that this is this is the formula. You do this and you get to there.
1: I think that is one of the soundest pieces of advice you can give is, is to look for a mentor somebody that you can like learn from and soak up all that knowledge. Who's your mentor or who would your dream mentor be?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I'm very lucky to be mentored by a lovely lady. Her name is Aileen Carville. She has a skimp, which is a digital fashion platform um, wholesale model. Um, and she's been really great to me. You know, she, would have worked for John and Simone for years, you know. And I think that she's uh, yeah, she's just really great. And she's and she's sound as well. You know, sometimes you are afraid to ask questions that you think are silly, and there's no silly question to be asked, you know. Um, it's just really good. Yeah, it's been a, a relationship that will hopefully continue. She really cares about what I'm doing, you know, she wants me to succeed.
1: Right. So you're obviously in situ in your gorgeous studio with the most tantalizing color palette sitting behind you. This is Autumn Winter 2022.
2: It is, yeah. So this this was uh, Infinity 11. I suppose the collection really was firstly wearable. Um, anyone can wear it, which is, I suppose, the thing that I've been working with Aileen on is kind of really actually thinking about the, the wear and the longevity of it. So it's kind of, it was nice to see everything, even though we did it in three weeks, so yeah.
1: You did it in three weeks?
2: yeah
1: (laughs) what stop oh my god so you created 11 pieces for this collection in three weeks
2: yeah i think altogether, like so it's 11 like looks like it is a really it is a small collection in comparison to say you know the bigger brands what they'd be showing or say a designer would be showing normally but like i mean there's still a lot happening in it
1: describe your collection in three words if you
2: can I think like clarifying, is that a word? Absolutely. Um, reflective and accessible.
1: Love it. Yeah. Love that. And also, I I really love the like how you're focusing on like wearability because your pieces for, for somebody like me who has an active lifestyle, but I also want to like I want to look good when I'm going out or whatever, going to work meetings. It, it has that dual functionality where like I genuinely feel like I can wear your coats zooming around London and then hop back to Mayo and climb up a mountain wearing the same thing.
2: Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Yeah.
1: The orange piece is calling out to me at the
0: moment. Like I'm just... Which is such a major... Like Ellen only wears black. Like I, really? I want... I want to be buried in that. Like, I'm not even joking. It's so, but it's the trousers for me. Oh my God. I love the trousers. Oh my God. They're so amazing. But talk to me about the color palette though, because for, I don't know why, but the first thing that came to my well, one of the first things that came to my mind when I saw the color palette was, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fifth Element and they have that like specific, like bluey yes. green. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And then, you know, the other famous look from that movie is like the orange outfit. And I was like, oh, I kind of love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That is such a great movie.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that, though, because like the first thing that comes to my mind is this is way more commercial than your other collections have been. Maybe they've been a bit more like experiential, especially with like the um, the materials that you're using, the the silhouettes where it's like, this is very like, like you said, anybody can wear this.
2: You're kind of throwing out so many ideas. You're trying to be very conceptual and very cool and make noise. Noise is really good sometimes, but then the other times you're like, oh, but actually, you know, I would love to see just like someone that I don't know walking down the street wearing something of mine, you know, with the Lady Gaga thing and, you know, all the other people, it kind of... um became too exclusive for everyone else and it, it kind of, I don't know, I, did, I didn't get kind of frustrated, but I started to kind of be like, oh, but yeah, but you know, it's not just for them, for everyone else too. So. But I had to kind of really work and, you know, really think about the like longevity of the of the piece or the look, you know, because I suppose in a sense I wasn't doing myself any favors because I start I was doing all this like sculptural elements, these big long flares that no one can actually wear unless you are wearing those big pleaser heels. Who cares?
1: hmm. They're fabulous. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I mean, it's great on reflection, but I kind of... um, Yeah, I kind of wasn't doing myself any favours and I wasn't really actually delivering the products that maybe people wanted. You know, it's great for press and for like, um, you know, for it to be out there and worn by celebrities. But I wanted that feeling of like a stranger just walking around.
1: Obviously touched on it there. Like you've literally dressed everybody from like Lady Gaga to Dua Lipa, Soleil. Little mix, like how do you how do you stay true to yourself and your brand after achieving those like major like wow moments?
2: I think I would, and I'm sure I speak for uh, like other designers out there. You know, I kind of don't really have time to kind of process it, really, um, which is great in one sense because, I, especially during COVID, like I wasn't really doing anything, and I was kind of looking back and looking at all the people that had worn stuff, and it it was really great. Lady Gaga was like. Um, A few years ago now, Joe, and it's still, it's still kind of known that, uh, which is great and which is good and bad, you know. Oh my God,
1: are you still in touch with her? Like, do you send her an LDM?
2: No, no, I don't. We've unfollowed each other. I want to (laughs) joke. Oh
1: my God, imagine unfollowing Lady Gaga. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, it, it, there's there's plus there's pros and cons to both. You know what I mean?
1: Do you think this is you now? Colin Horgan is going to be stationed in Ireland or do you see yourself heading further afield, whether that's London, America, wherever?
2: I yes, I I think so. I think it's still good for me to like do the, the showroom in Paris and London and whatever in between. I like it because I I love Ireland and I love being home. I think it's amazing. Like I literally live five minutes away from an amazing beach. And to be honest, like I am like totally spoiled for the size of the space here. Do
0: you find that you're you're getting more like peace of mind? You've more room to think in your brain kind of thing. That's how I felt coming home for sure.
2: Yeah, like. I think I can kind of uh, take a chill pill a little bit. You know, I kind of always felt like I was kind of tripping over myself London because there was something else to go to or blah, blah, blah.
1: You feel like a hamster on a wheel. To be able to crochet yourself a career as an international designer who's dressed major celebrities but be based from such a small little landmass, but still be creating these like beautiful otherworldly garments. But that says a lot. I think about like how the pandemic has reshaped our thinking about what where we need to be to have this like big superstar career.
2: I'll show you around the studio properly when you come but The space I've created here is quite like uh, serene.
1: What do you do to like chill out? Like what does Colin Horgan do on like Friday night, eight o'clock, studios
2: closed? What do you do? I'm going to say a glass of wine. Um, one single one. <laughs> one single measured glass. But no, I really, other interests, I am such a true crime fan.
0: Oh, OK. Are you going home at night on a Friday night, pouring a glass of wine and then watching some like crazy true crime documentary on Netflix kind of thing? Or is this like a podcast you're listening to? Like, are you listening to like a murder while you're like sewing?
2: Yeah, like it could be both. Like, I mean, when none of the guys are in here yeah, I would happily put on. Like a True Crime podcast You know, like, you're like uh, West Cork You know, something like that
0: But when you're getting Into the groove of like You know, you walk in 9am on a Monday morning Are you putting on like a playlist, a soundtrack? Do you need something that's like a slow bop, a bit of a dance? Like, Yeah,
2: like I really like, I love like house music and gospel house, you know, especially if there's a good vocal in there, you know, it gets me kind of in the mood, you know, I mean, I could be listening to like DJ sets all day long. Love it. But, you know, when there's no one here, yeah, true crime.
1: To bring it back to to like the Irish design unsung heroes who are your Irish design unsung heroes is there anybody on your radar like emerging or established that you're like absolutely love to the end of this earth
2: Oh, well, you know, I'm going to stick in Kerry. Um, definitely a good friend of mine. I'm sure you know it's coming. You're smiling. <laughs> definitely Don. You know, I'm mad about Don O'Neill. He's just such a, a lovely person. And to be honest, like, even though like our styles are different, we still want to convey the same message. You know, it is all about empowerment. And um, yeah, he's just been an amazing person. Um Especially since I just started, you know, he's kind of uh, he's really always checked in me, checked in on me. Sorry. And I love what he does. But there's so many Irish designers that are really killing it.
1: There are. And that's the purpose of us wanting to like talk about them in this kind of a format, because I think the general public are so unaware of the the scale of the talent yeah. that we are producing and that we are exporting. And, and it is a shame that most of them will decide to leave Ireland due to the fact that there's probably more opportunities elsewhere. But then we see the likes of you and you're such a champion of of homegrown talent. And to see you being able to come back and still have this amazing career, it's just very inspiring and aspiring for other young creatives and designers who might want to like carve the same path as you. Do
2: it, it, you know, like I'd be very transparent in the sense that like it isn't easy, you know, like, um, and I suppose going back to your question about like, who do you admire? I, to be honest, I admire anyone that does their own thing. You know, mm. it's kind of, um, it isn't easy, you know, and no day is the same. But I think if anyone goes out and starts uh, doing something and working for themselves, like I think that's something to admire in someone. Yeah, it should be celebrated. I love that. And it's not just in fashion, it can, it's in anything.
1: It is, yeah. Obviously, festival season is back in action for 2022. Thank the high heavens. Do you have any plans to dress anybody for festival season or would you love to?
2: um yes i do have plans to dress someone this festival season um i instantly always just go to rihanna but i know she's not performing um, so she
1: would be your dream person pregnant riri or before preg riri i'm not fussy
2: at all Fair, she can
1: pull off anything I think pregnant Riri is a challenge, you know.
2: I think first of all, if she even like maybe acknowledges the work, then like I'll do whatever, you know, it's no problem.
1: We'll send her a DM after this. Yeah, (laughs) we'll start a petition. Ellen, I know you're dying to ask your burning question. I only ask the hard hidden questions here.
2: I'm gone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what your your lifer piece is. Like, what is your piece that you you can you could have made it yourself. You could have bought it. You could. It'd be in a hand-me-down from somebody else but what is a piece that you like can't live without? it out could be shoes it could be a bag it could be a coat what's something that you're gonna have for life it's a life for piece you know oh my
2: god that that is very um catching me off guard there's so many things that I'd want for life um God what you could, do, you could do you could
0: do a top 3. And is
2: it a piece of clothing? It
0: could be clothing, yeah, like accessories clothing. We're talking like Chanel boy bag kind of vibes. But it can be your granny's knickers, whatever, like literally whatever. <laughs>
2: I'd say I have this jacket and like it is from Reese, but I do live in it. Like I really do live in this one jacket. And what's so good about this jacket is that there's so many. Uh, my boyfriend, he got it for me, um, but there's so many different things that you can do. Where you can take off the inside, you can do the outside, you can change the hood, you can do. There's so many different things that you can do to it. Okay, and I that's, love that. That's what I think I could kind of survive and all manners of weather you know that it, you can take off the inside and just kind of get rid of it and then that's the summer jacket but then you can put the inside on and it becomes a winter jacket I love that so, uh, I'm going to stick with that one because I really do like it does need a dry clean out this stage because there's just everything inside it
0: I actually sorry another question just that just came into my head I want to know from a fashion designer, creative director like you, what do you wear to take the bins out? Like, I want to know, like, do you, what's your secret fashion item you don't want anyone to know you have? Do you have Crocs? Like, what are the shoes in your, beside your shed that you have to like, go take the bins out in? Are you always
2: a fashion icon? Uh, no, I am definitely not a fashion icon. <laughs> at all. Um I mean, I literally just because I'm surrounded by it, um, like there's so many access to gas shorts that I just wear all the time. I, love it. I wouldn't really be seen in it if that makes okay, sense. Okay.
0: So you're taking the bins out in gas shorts and we're gonna we're gonna say socks or just and like no
2: sliders, yeah.
1: And sliders. Okay,
2: okay. Yeah.
1: Well, can we finish by just asking what is next for Colin Horgan for you and your brand? What's your grand five year, ten year? 20-year plan?
2: Oh, well, you know, like to be honest, at the minute, I feel like I'm just living on like six months at a time Joe. because um, it is quite hard to plan things like five years in advance, but obviously I would love to be all over the world in terms of accessibility for people to buy the product for now, I will be starting the new collection, uh, hopefully not three weeks before the deadline. Um, The aim is July. We'll start everything and yeah, be ready for September. Usually I kind of like show around the same time that it's my birthday, but yeah, I don't know where I will present yet. It'll either be London Digitally or it'll be Paris.
0: Exciting. Very
1: exciting. We'll be there on the back row. Absolutely. I'll be there with you as well. <laughs> Colin, we wish you the very best of luck and no doubt you're going to go from strength to strength. We will be seeing you on the runways in Paris and London in no time.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much again. No, thank, thank you. you.
1: We appreciate your time. So good to speak with you. Happy to do you at any time. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wasn't that just such a lovely chat? Like, didn't you feel like you were just like having a cup of tea with your best pal? Absolutely. Neve, I
0: had a bead of sweat running down my forehead, like (laughs) coming up to it, because I'm such a big fan of his. Like, I can't, he's so talented. I can't get over it. He's a hero of
1: mine, really, honestly. He is definitely a design hero. And I just see really big and great things coming from him. And it's just very exciting that he's also choosing to do it from Ireland. Representing, he's going to reach stratospheric heights like fully, very soon.
0: Fully. And I'm absolutely taking him up on his offer on coming down and modeling the clothes in his studio.
1: Like, we're doing a back row uh, (laughs) roadshow. (laughs) <laughs> Back row, Before we go, Ellen, who or what is on your radar this week? So actually, it's not anyone new,
0: um, but they just come up with my Orbit recently. Again, I kind of jogged by memory, but Junya Watanabe's uh, spring, summer 2005 collection um, where basically it's like a convertible Gore-Tex jacket into a bag or like vice versa. And it's so good. It's like an acid wash green um, it's very. I it would be. It's it's going to make a big revival at the moment. I'd say people are already hunting it down because it's it's quite on trend for this kind of like um, hiking kind of trends that we're seeing at the moment. But it's it's absolutely gorgeous, and I I want it, and I want it in every single color. Um, what is in your basket this
1: week? I've had my head in loads of books the last while. I'm currently reading Angela Scanlan's Joyride, and I have Louise O'Neill's Idol waiting for me on my Kindle. So I haven't really had too much time to shop but in the home moving phase of my life right now I'm kind of obsessed with a couple of Irish interior design artists so um, there is an amazing artist out the west of Ireland here actually I'm kind of embarrassed that I actually don't really know her name her Instagram is at made out west studio this is the most wholesome thing I've ever seen in my whole life, Nave. She founded the brand in the summer of 2021 and she creates like earth conscious homewares. And everything is like what's a It's a like tufting, isn't it? Is is that the correct um Tufting is with, with with the gum when you're trying to make carpets. She kind of makes small canvas of carpets with um with art like woven into it. They're just the most like beautiful, unique pieces and everything is like woven into like Irish history. And the color palette she uses are like deep greens, like very earthy oatmeals, very deep blues. It's a very like Irish inspired piece of art. Like this person's mood board is literally pictures of sheep. Like you couldn't get more wholesome than this. Like her whole Instagram has been like my mood board for the last year and a half of living out in the countryside. And it it just even just looking at her images, like will give you like a greater appreciation to like, take off your socks, go outside and stand in the earth and just like ground yourself. Like it's very, very organic what she's doing. And like the aesthetic isn't very Neva Uh I don't know if I'll stick to the fuchsia pinks or go down the more made out West studio kind of vibe, but I would definitely love to hang every one of her pieces in my virtual non-existent home. <laughs> I'm
0: really excited to see Cabernet back wearing an Iron Island sweater and Adidas trackies like I'm really
1: excited for that I don't know if she's if the world is ready for that yet but we shall see stranger things have happened um, We are out of time already but this has been fun this has been so much fun Yeah, Thanks for joining us again. And don't forget, next week is all about fashion fails and fashion aches. So get in touch with either me or Ellen on Instagram and share your fashion fails and aches with us. It'll all be anonymous as well, unless you
0: want to attach your name to it, which honestly you'd be crazy but kind of gas <laughs> uh but yeah send in anything it can be a one sentence thing it can be a paragraph it can be whatever you can even send in voice notes if you want to we've already gotten a few and they're absolutely gas so um yes very excited to hear more stories
1: all right i will catch you later bye Have a good week. bye, bye.